You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you in October of 2023 with episode 453 of The Corbett Report podcast. Don't worry, the border problem is about to be solved. Now, this week on the podcast, we're going to be picking up and further elaborating on some of the issues raised in our previous exploration here on the Corporate Report podcast, specifically episode 452 on the Great Travel Reset, because I don't know if you've noticed, but border crises of various kinds have been making the news lately. <laughs> Here's Kristen Welker. Good morning. We are coming on the air with breaking news. Israel has declared it is at war after a sudden, unprecedented and deadly surprise attack by Hamas this morning. The Palestinian militant group essentially invaded parts of Israel today, infiltrating by land, sea, even air, sending paragliders in. Hamas also launching thousands of rocket attacks, overwhelming Israel's robust defenses, and then sending armed militants into the streets of Israel, some of whom were seen cutting fences at Israel's border with Gaza City to get into the country. For days, they have been waiting. More than 200 trucks full of aid, desperately needed in Gaza, but stuck on the Egyptian side of the Rafah border crossing. Billionaire businessman taking on the crisis at the southern border. You recognize this guy? Yeah, Elon Musk. Uh, while touring Eagle Pass, Texas, Elon Musk says he's extremely pro-immigrant, being one himself. Yet he also sees that migrants are collapsing social services, the streets. Something has got to change. Meanwhile, Border Patrol agents telling News Nation morale is crashing. It's at an all-time low, and they are facing a moral dilemma. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton now suing the Biden administration, accusing the feds of, quote, destroying barbed wire at the border. Paxton says the federal government illegally destroyed property owned by Texas and disrupted the state's border security efforts. Paxton's lawsuit claims millions of illegal immigrants and thousands of pounds of fentanyl have entered the U.S. because of gaps left by the administration's failure to secure the border. Homeland Security and Border Patrol are both named in the suit. As buses arrived in this conservative residential neighborhood on Staten Island to unload migrants, protesters unloaded their fury, Go their simmering anger, even aimed at the NYPD. Nobody stands with NYPD anymore, now you know why. Is this little island in the Mediterranean Sea where the European Union falls apart? So warn Italy's political leaders. Closer to North Africa than the mainland, Lampedusa is just seven miles long. A tourist idyll and the key gateway for would-be migrants who seek Europe. Nearly 130,000 have arrived to Italy so far this year, double last year's number. At the port, we catch a ferry about to depart. Repurposed to transfer migrants, it's been taking hundreds of people off the island the past days, 370 today. Their boats loaded with them. 
Soros to end most EU operations in a radical shift. George Soros Open Society Foundations, which are now controlled by his son Alexander, will cease most of its operations in the European Union. The move, which comes after foundation-funded NGOs, as noted by Zero Hedge, ferried migrants to Europe for over a decade, maybe it's mission accomplished, comes after the $25 billion Family Foundation announced a headcount reduction of at least 40% following Alexander's ascent. It was a great mistake to let in so many people of totally different cultural and religious and concepts because it creates a pressure group inside each country that does that. Thus spake the Dark Lord himself. Yes, I guess it's now official. Whether you are a progressive leftist in a Democrat-run sanctuary city or a good old boy sporting a red MAGA cap on the southern border of the United States, whether you're a a literal Zionist Jewish supremacist or a literal neo-Nazi, whether you're George Soros on the left wing of the deep state uniparty or Henry Kissinger on the right wing of the deep state uniparty, everyone now sees that there is a four-alarm crisis taking place on the border. And really, pick your border, whether it's the United States or occupied Palestine or anywhere else in the world, this crisis is being generated. And along with that crisis, of course, now we see the reaction that is being generated in the public. Oh, won't some political savior swoop down from Mount Olympus and provide us with a solution to this generated crisis? Well, if you are one of those red mega cap sporting good old boys, then don't worry, your political savior of choice is about to swoop down from Mount Olympus to provide you with that exact solution. That's right. Zaphod Beeblebrox, a.k.a. President Trump, has the cure for what ails you on the border. As president, I will once again stand strongly with the state of Israel, and we will cut off the money to the terrorists on day one. And reimpose the travel ban on terror-afflicted countries. I had a travel ban. You know, we think of it. I don't, I don't like talking about it, but now I can because the time is up. I went four years without a problem. Four years because I had a travel ban. Yay! Woo! Yay! Travel ban! Woo! You know... Why am I put in mind of that great philosopher Padme Amidala, who once observed, So this is how liberty dies. With thunderous applause. Hmm, why why am I put in mind of that? Oh, that's right, because I didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday, and unlike the vast majority of cheering statists, I have actually read the documents and the various legislative um force of law that has been put around this issue in the past. Yay, travel ban. Trump's travel ban was awesome, guys. We need more travel bans. Great travel reset. All right. Okay. So in case you didn't actually read the travel ban and don't even know what it is, well, you could go to federalregister.gov and you could 
read all about it. Of course, this was Executive Order 13780, passed on March 6th, 2017, protecting the nation from foreign terrorist entry into the United States. All right. Trump getting things done. All right. You know, by the authority vested in me as president, by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, statism, 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 worship the state, including the Immigration and Nationality Act, 8 U.S.C. 1101 at sec and Section 301 of Title III. Policy and purpose. It is the policy of the United States to protect its citizens from terrorist attacks. Protect us from the terrorists you are creating, fostering, funding, training, allowing, equipping, and otherwise making possible. Yay! Including those committed by foreign nationals. LCIADA, the screening and vetting protocols and procedures associated with the visa issuance process and the United States Refugee Admission Program, blah, 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 plays a crucial role in defending da, da, da. Wonderful. All right. I'm, I've read enough. I get it. No need to read any. But, you know, I know that sometimes they may, they may embed some devils in these details. I, I wonder, I mean, let's just, let's just search this document for the word, uh, I don't know, biometric. All right. Oh, of course. Section 8. Expedited completion of the biometric entry-exit tracking system. A. The Secretary of Homeland Security shall expedite the completion and implementation of a biometric entry-exit tracking system for in-scope travelers for, uh, to the United States, as recommended by the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the United States. Oh, the 9-11 Commission. Yay! <laughs> Go Trump! Wow, he's so awesome, and I can't wait for this type of order to be reimposed once again. Travel ban! Travel ban! Now look, I understand it is difficult for people to wrap their minds around this process. This is why problem-reaction-solution, even after it has been identified, named, understood, examined, detailed and documented history. This is how they fooled you this time. This is how they fooled you that time. This is how they fooled you the other time. You can go through a million examples of that and people will get fooled again. Because, but it's a problem. You see, there's a problem. And look, I'm reacting and here's a solution. Yay! <laughs> it's very disheartening, shall we say, to see people getting continue to ca get caught in the entirely wrong framework because there is a way to conceptualize and contextualize a problem so that it does not matter what solution is presented from within the framework of the establishment that has created that problem, it will redound to the benefit of that establishment. And that is exactly what we have in this system where we have been trained, inculcated to believe all our lives. Although even just a few generations back, our ancestors would have balked at this idea. But the idea that we need, we need a third party government or some outside state party official to give us the documents that will allow us to travel from point A to point B. Where did this system arise from and, and who benefits from this system and how do we solve this system from within the framework of the system? Now, I know that this is a difficult concept for people to wrap their minds around because I have tried to point this out before and I note, for example, that if you remember my podcast way back at the very beginning of the scamdemic on Corona World Order, 
I didn't try to make this point, but I think a lot of people didn't quite understand the point that I was making at the time. I think what is happening here is there is a fundamental misunderstanding of what the globalist ideology is, what it is aiming at, what it is seeking to accomplish, what this new world order that globalists like Henry Kissinger are constantly talking about. And if that failure to understand what it is the globalists are actually trying to do means that we fail to understand when they are actually achieving their goals, when this is in fact a huge boon for their agenda, as it really stands, not the public face of the agenda. Because yes, the public face of the globalist agenda is just open borders and free trade with all and all of that kind of rhetoric that they use to describe what it is they want. But that has never, never, ever been what they actually want. People are viewing this from the controlled left-right political paradigm as if there's the liberal world order of the new world order globalists on the left and then there's the nationalists on the right and their opposed ideologies. When really, the, the issue that is being debated here is authoritarian top-down control versus individuals. And that is really the paradigm that is operative here. And you will see that both sides of the controlled left-right paradigm are all the way up on the authoritarian side of the spectrum. It's a national government has to take these precautions or an international government. But at any rate, it, we need a strong governmental uh, force to crack down on everyone. And when we start to understand what this agenda is really about, which is total and complete control over every aspect of every human being on the planet, their movement, their actions, their activities, their transactions, their interactions with people, down to the individual level, the complete and utter control of your life in every regard, well, guess what? That is being enabled on the back of this pandemic scare. Let's move on. Let's, let's address one of the key points that Pat Buchanan and others of his ilk are making about this, namely that what this crisis shows is the, the flaw, the uh, faulty thinking in this open borders globalism crowd who just want people moving all around the, the globe and all of this and people just waltzing in and out of countries. No, no, no. No, now people understand we need to tighten down the borders. We need to close them off. And now we need to really... Oh, don't worry, guys. That's exactly what is going to happen, because that is exactly what the globalist agenda has been all along. You're going to get your borders, but it's going to be not quite the borders you were thinking it was going to be. It's going to be a million times more difficult to travel between borders as a result of this crisis. And again, that is intentional, because every human being on the planet is tax cattle for on the tax plantation, and you will be forced into your little patch of ground that you claim is your own, although you pay taxes on it, so you don't really actually even own it, but you will be forced into your little patch of ground, and anything you want to do outside of that patch of ground, you will need permission from the government. Once again, that was from episode 375 of the Corporate Report podcast on Corona World Order. And if you do watch that full episode and see the full context of that, you will see, of course, I'm talking in the context of the very beginning, the very early stages of the scamdemic, that even by that point, it was readily apparent that what was happening was the consolidation of a biosecurity state that would erect the digital gulag around us all and control our movements as a key and essential part of 
globalism. This is not opposed to globalism, as some people were arguing at the time. This is the apotheosis of globalism, i.e. the authoritarian mindset and ideology that says the state gets to determine who moves where, when, under what conditions. And now they're just implementing the fancy-schmancy technology of the 21st century to allow them to administrate that state more efficiently and effectively. And for years, I have felt like the lone voice in the wilderness crying out on this issue and wondering why no one else, who you would think would be the people to get it, actually get it. I mean, of course, average Joe Blow on the street is not going to understand these points in its deeper context, but the people who at least mouth the idea of liberty and individual freedom seem to not quite understand how it pertains in this matter. The people who at least mouth the rhetoric of, well, that's that's a false flag, and they're, they're generating a crisis in order to offer a phony solution, don't seem to see how it applies to the generated border problem that is being generated and ginned up into the crisis to get people to demand their own enslavement. I think it is very apparent at this point, but unfortunately it plays into a number of deeply seated psychological conditioning issues that the public has, including, of course, the statist desire for us all to be regulated and categorized and labeled and contained and otherwise administered by the state itself. Of course, we need permission from the queen to move from point A to point B. How else could we possibly exist on this planet? And you think I'm joking about that. I am not. Has anyone, has anyone actually ever read their passport and the kind of rhetoric that it contains and what it says about you as a, oh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Canada requests, in the name of Her Majesty the Queen, all those whom it may concern, to allow the bearer to pass freely, without delay or hindrance, and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection as may be necessary. And then it says in big bold letters, this passport is property of the government of Canada. And then repeats on the, uh, the facing page, just in case you didn't get it, this passport is the property of the government of Canada. It must not be altered. You must take every precaution to safeguard it. <laughs> safeguard it with your life. This passport may be used only by the bearer in whose name it is issued. And to be valid, this passport must be signed, yada, 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 yada. But, of course, this is the 21st century, so... You'll notice, of course, the little camera symbol there, representing, of course, the digital photograph, part of the biometric facial recognition scanning systems that are becoming the norm, and the embedded IC chip that this contains, of course, that's what this indicates. And uh, all part of the digital gulag that's going up around us. This passport contains a contactless integrated circuit, which is an electronic device. In addition to the care and respect afforded a passport... <laughs> respect, guys. Please treat this document as you would any other portable electronic device and take precautions to ensure that it does not become wet, folded, or damaged. Yes, of course. So the very same logic that makes us believe that we need this permission from Her Majesty the Queen to travel from point A to point B is the exact same logic that is now just being updated for the 21st century with the 21st century IC chips and biometric facial scans and whatever else they put in here in the future, including, of course, as it will eventually be tied into your WHO-approved digital health certificates. 
right? Are you starting to see how it all comes together and around this particular point? And this is why, yeah, the, the travel bans I'm not exactly cheering for. I'm not exactly, yay, I hope some presidential savior will save us from this generated border crisis and the problem of people moving from point A to point B. Boy, I sure hope they'll build the wall. Oh wait, you thought the wall was going to be an actual physical wall? Come on, man, this is the 21st century. No, 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 no. It's going to be digital bars on a digital prison that will track everywhere you go. And we need that. I mean, can't you see? There's people moving all around and it's a crisis. We need to be controlled down to the individual level with our digital slave devices. We need to be tracked and tagged like cattle so that we can be controlled and our movements can be controlled at all times. Yay! Travel ban! Travel Anyway, as I say, I feel and have felt for many years now like the lone voice crying in the wilderness over this issue, with very few people seemingly able to understand the deeper problem that we are facing here. But, luckily, and perhaps unsurprisingly, there are a growing number of people out there who I see are reflecting this and understanding this with great clarity and putting it in in very succinct ways uh, that I I really do think will help to spread this awareness. And as I say, it's unsurprising to find it in places like Truthstream Media, where Aaron and Melissa Dykes have been doing excellent work for many years, some of the OGs in the online alt-media space, who recently had a video up about this is not just about the border. Hey guys, so this is another one of those videos that I didn't actually want to make, but I just feel like no one's talking about it, at least not with the level of context that I think it is due. And I think things would just be a lot easier for people to understand if they realize that everything we're seeing right now isn't just about right now. It's about a future that is being built around us right now. So I'm sure you've all seen what's been going on, not just at our borders lately, but it borders around the world, but but especially the nonsensical, almost cartoonish situation that's down there at our southern border. With the border patrol cutting barbed wire fences, I mean, we live in Texas, okay, and there's a, what I would call an unconstitutional border check miles inland that we're required to pass through just so we can go to Big Bend National Park. Every single time we want to go to that park, we have to go through that checkpoint to get there. It's the only road. So for them to suddenly let in record numbers of thousands upon thousands of people and fist bump them on the way in doesn't actually make any sense. Right? This is a country where, as an American citizen, I'm expected to let a TSA agent go to second base on me simply because I want to get on a plane. Okay, Any plane. Not even a plane that's leaving the country. Just getting on a plane at all. But this is the kind of thing that's going on down at the border. And media's all over talking about it, and everyone else is talking about it on social media, and it's everywhere all the time. And then all of a sudden, just like that, You have President Biden announcing that due to the crisis, right, he has no choice now but to build 20 more miles of border wall with Trump-era funding because 
they want to follow the law. There's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what is appropriate. I can't stop that. Do you believe the border wall works? No. Uh, this is not the way that we believe is going to be effective here. We believe in modernizing the system, not actually building a wall. The president said himself he does not think this is effective, and so we're complying by law. And we believe that uh, in the rule of law here, and we're moving forward and getting that and in, in, in following the law. The Biden administration is announcing some drastic action to address the migrant crisis as illegal crossings surge right now at the U.S.-Mexico border. It says it will waive 26 federal laws and regulations to build more barrier walls. There will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration, number one. There will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration. How can you say that he's not breaking that promise? Well, what I can say is that there's a law that the DHS is com is complying with. We believe in the rule of law. It will waive 26 federal laws. And so we're complying by law, rule of law, law, law. There's a law. Despite the fact that the Biden administration will admittedly be breaking some 26 laws and regulations in order to build this. And notice what Biden says there. He says he knows this won't work. But when he's asked, he says the money was appropriated for this wall. I can't stop that. So this is a guy like other presidents we've had who does whatever he feels like whenever he feels like it, except when it's something he literally promised during his campaign that he would not ever be doing. That doesn't make any sense. Okay? And being libertarian on X said, now Biden wants to build a wall. This one will keep people from leaving. And my brain just kind of jolted when I read that. Because I remembered that Trump didn't just sign an EO regarding border walls the first week after he was inaugurated. He signed one regarding expediting a biometric entry-exit tracking system. So my question is, does this Trump-era funding that Biden's talking about with his border wall include the expediting of that biometric entry-exit tracking program? Because that those two things were right next to each other on Trump's list of things to do. They they went hand in hand. Okay. If you'll recall, one of the very first things he did after he was inaugurated, so this is week one of him getting in there, was sign an executive order on border security and immigration enforcement improvements. And that had to do with the southern border wall. On day five, he signed that. Two days later, he signed another related EO titled Protecting the Nation from Foreign Terrorist Entry into the United States based supposedly on the 9-11 Commission report's recommendations. And he was calling for an expedited biometric entry-exit tracking system. It's right here in Section 7, and it reads, Expedited completion of the biometric entry-exit tracking system. The Secretary of Homeland Security shall expedite the completion and implementation of the system for all travelers to the United States, as recommended by the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the United States. That's literally everybody. Now, apparently this executive order was blocked by court orders from various states for some of the provisions in it. It was revoked. It was replaced with another EO that also had the biometric tracking system in it. And by the end of 2017, you had Homeland Security quietly testing out facial recognition software in airports, which a report by the Center on Privacy and Technology, which comes out of Georgetown University's law school, 
said violated Americans' privacy, and they referred to the program as, quote, an invasive surveillance tool that the department has installed at nearly a dozen airports without going through a required federal rulemaking process. So that was by the end of Trump's first year in office. But the truth is, this biometric entry-exit program that Trump was in such a hurry to push through that he signed an executive order just seven days after he officially became president, that was not even remotely his idea or even a new idea. Because Obama tried to get that done before the end of his second term and he didn't get to it. Congress before that had set a deadline for it in 2006 under George W. Bush. But again, it didn't happen. But this even goes further back than Bush Jr. and 9-11, because this goes all the way back to 1996, when President Clinton signed the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act into law, which required a biometric identifier be included at the country's borders. So Trump was really just finishing something there that his old golfing bud Clinton started. But realize something here. This isn't going to be just for people visiting just tourists and migrants and whatever. This is going to be for everybody. They're locking this place down, and it's going to be for everyone. So this article here from February 3rd, 2017 spells it out. It repeats the part that I just read to you from Section 7 about how he's directing the Secretary of Homeland Security to expedite the completion and implementation of the biometric entry-exit tracking system for all travelers to the United States, as recommended by the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the United States. That means the U.S. government would have to install equipment that would do either fingerprint or iris scans on everyone entering and leaving the United States. Everyone entering and leaving the United States. So that's everybody, okay? I just, again, the timing of this wall being built by a guy who literally ran on the premise of never building another foot of wall. There will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration. And the cartoonish level of buildup that just happened at our borders that doesn't even make sense almost, all of a sudden like that, justifying this move from a guy who literally ran on the premise of saying he was never going to build another foot of wall. It can't be missed, especially with what just went down in the last few years. And so I've got to ask, is this wall for keeping people out or keeping people in? Once again, that was Aaron and Melissa Dykes. Well, Melissa Dykes narrating there uh, from Truthstream Media and their video on this is not just about the border. And I sincerely hope that people in the audience will go to the documentation list for today's episode at corporatereport.com slash borders to follow the link to watch that video. If you have, I was going to say, if you have not yet seen it. In fact, even if you have seen it, it bears rewatching. There is a lot of information presented in that full 30-minute video, um, including getting into the nuts and bolts and the nitty-gritty details of the broader globalist agenda that is behind this push towards the global digital identification system. And they go into the specifics of how the UN, of course, the UNHCR is helping those migrants to reach the border of the United States. And of course, they they do a little Faustian bargain with them. Of course, you're going to give us all of your juicy biometric details in return for your UNHCR-issued ID card, which will be your golden ticket. And don't take my word for this. 
You can, well, you can get it from the UN itself, which likes to brag about this. You can also get it from the Harvard Law Review, or the, sorry, the Harvard International Review, which had this um, very interesting article. Oh, I've lost this very interesting article. Here it is. Um, it's called Tracing the Untraceable, New Technologies that Monitor Displaced Persons and the History of Population Control. It was from May of 2021, in which they were writing, For the 30 million refugees in the world today, a United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, UNHCR ID card, is a golden ticket to food, shelter, education, and cash, all provided by the helping hand of the international community. In addition, these ID cards initiate the process of applying for asylum or resettlement. What does it cost to earn one of these extraordinary documents? Only the rights to your own photograph, iris scans, fingerprints, personal and family history, health data, and all available prior legal documentation. According to a 2020 UN report, over 37 million refugees had indeed given up this information and been registered with the UN's Biometric Identity Management System, BIMS, because everything needs a handy-dandy acronym. And this article goes on in great length to talk about the system, where it came from, no surprise. The UN first began using biometric data to identify refugees in 2004 when they partnered with Microsoft to create user interface software called Project Profile and Progress. These technologies were implemented in 30 different countries to capture refugee photographs and basic biographical information. Yes, of course, Bill Gates' old stomping grounds, but he went on to do the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation stuff, which is exactly in line with this digital identification of everyone as people who have seen uh, the Bill Gates documentary know all about who is Bill Gates. The UNHCR began to expand Project Profile in 2013 with the development of Biometric Identity Management System. Officially launched in 2015, this system uses facial recognition technology and iris scans, in addition to fingerprints, to seamlessly link individuals to their identification and personal documents. And I would suggest again that you follow the links in the documentation for today's episode to read this full um, article which goes on to the ethics of data collection and why, well, you know what, even if you are the bleeding heart liberal who cares about these migrants, these migrants are being used, exploited, and essentially data harvested by the UN and, oh, Microsoft and all of the other entities that get involved in these digital identification infrastructure schemes, the public-private partnerships, otherwise known as literal fascism, um, well, they, they get exploited and harvested by them and then shuttled off to create a border crisis, which can then be used to lock down the United States. And of course, as, uh, as Melissa Dykes points out in that, in that uh, video, in that full 30-minute video that I hope you will see, uh, she puts it quite forcefully and quite right. No, those walls aren't to keep the migrants out. They're to keep you in. And they're not going to be physical walls for the most part. They're going to be the digital prison. That's the most effective way to keep the tax cattle in their pen. Anyway, if, as I say, you can get this from the horse's mouth, you can go to unhcr.org where they ha talk about their registration and identity management. Interesting choice of words there. When people are forced to flee, registration and documentation are critical to ensure their protection. And of course, this goes right in line with, again, as Truthstream Media was pointing out in their video, the wonderful, lovely, 
the sustainable development goals that just sound so lovely and fluffy and, oh, just wonderful, until you start reading the details and they start pointing out that, well, actually, by ending poverty, we mean issuing digital ID so that everyone can benefit from the UBIs and other programs that will be instituted in the future, with some strings attached, of course. I mean, you do have your digital health certificate up to date, don't you? 14th booster, coming out next month. <laughs> when people are forced to flee their homes to escape war, persecution, or violence, the registration and documentation by states or by UNHCR is a key first step in ensuring their protection. Oh, thank you, UNHCR. So they go on to talk about PRIMES, UNHCR's digital population registration and identity management ecosystem. Hollerith what? PRIMES is comprised of several repositories for personal data, biographic and biometric, and supporting information. And then you can get more information. And then, of course, the related stories that it automatically, algorithmically serves up to you is revealing in and of itself. Pakistan concludes drive to issue smart cards to registered Afghan refugees. Oh, I can look for a job and educate my children. Thank you, UNHCR Digital Biometric ID. Uh, women in many countries face discrimination in registering discrimination in registering children at birth, warn UHCR and UNICEF. I bet you they have a digital ID biometric management system for that they have they have exactly what the cure for what ails you so i hope you're starting to see how this comes together and how this isn't of course this is not just about the border this is about so much more it's about the full panopticonic digital id web that is being woven around us that will be sold to us in any flavor in any variety that will appeal to you if you're, if you're a true believer in the COVID scandemic narrative, then boy, have we got a digital health certificate for you. If you're quaking in your boots about the migrant crisis and won't orange man help us, please secure our border travel ban, travel ban. Don't worry, biometric ID for everyone. Yay, they are going to give you the borders that you want, that you so fervently desire. And this is not just happening in one or two locations around the world. It is happening everywhere simultaneously, and it is happening right now as pointed out by another one of those voices jo joining me, crying out in the wilderness, uh, this time Kit Knightley at off-guardian.org with his recent editorial uh, that I think is quite apropos. While you were watching Israel, dot, 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 just like Ukraine, the latest war is perfect camouflage for the Great Reset, which continues apace in case you haven't noticed. As Kit goes on to write here, we need a new approach to digital identity. So say the authors of an agenda article for the World Economic Forum, published on the 28th of September, and that's linked up here. Three urgent questions to ask as we navigate a new digital identity. Some light bedtime reading for people out there. Uh, digital ID has been in the news a lot lately, obscured for the past week in the midst of the midst and mist of the Israel-Hamas situation. Last month, the United Nations Development Program published its legal guidelines for digital IDs, as well as mobilizing global leadership with a $400 million fund to empower digital identity programs in over 100 countries. Yay! Various nations are already making steps in that direction, and it talks about that the multiple U.S. states issuing digital IDs, or uh, Kenya, Somalia, Bhutan, Singapore... 
Austria system going online in December. Uh, Forbes Australia just recently published its guide to what Australians need to know about digital IDs. And it says, meanwhile, also in Australia, the world's 21st largest bank is changing its terms and condition to allow it to debank customers. Yay. Talking about the new uh, terms and conditions that they're squeezing in there about, well, any public statement made by you. For example, including those related to protecting vulnerable persons, the environment, or sustainability, aka buzzword, buzzword, anything we want at any time, well, it could violate our terms and about community expectations and impact on uh, the bank's reputation. So, anyway, customers can now be debanked willy-nilly at the flick of a digital switch, and increasingly digital. Uh, meanwhile, in the UK, just two days ago, it was reported the government is planning to upload every passport photo in their records to a facial recognition database. That's right. The, the passports aren't just good for keeping you locked in your tax cage. No, they're also good for, hey, we've got all these facial recognition digital ID photographs that we've taken for your passport. Might as well use them. Just put you in that digital poli never-ending police lineup completely, completely against every legal principle that's ever adhered in the Western world. But hey, whatever. It's the digital age. Get with the times, man. We're just going to put you in this database, like it or not. So there's Big Brother Watch talking about that and the implications of that for the heart of thinking. It goes on. It's talking about Japan. It's talking about uh, India announced the launch of a trial wholesale digital currency. And the South China Morning Post reported a new hard wallet for SIM-based CBDC payments, a joint project between the Bank of China and Chinese telecommunications giants. Um, more wonderful collaboration, public-private fascism from MasterCard and the Reserve Bank of Australia talking about their own CBDC pilots and how MasterCard's report notes that the benefits of CD CBDCs are programmability, transparency, and compliance. Whew. Fun stuff. So, yes, again, for people who need it summarized for them, this is all of the key agenda points of this global governmental system that is coming in right now on, that is creating the dar bars to our digital prison. Global digital ID, debanking for wrong think, mass surveillance and facial recognition, inflated energy prices and carbon credits, two peas in a pod, programmable digital currency, and oh yeah, there's some news about eating the bugs. Don't worry, it's good for you. It's good for what ails you. Anyway, all of this gets smushed together and gets swept along on this current of won't someone do something about this crisis? Don't worry, guys. They're working on it. In fact, they've been working on it for decades, but now they have the crises in place for people to cheer for their own enslavement. Again, in case you need any more elaboration on this fact, it is a global agenda that is happening and rolling out globally as we speak. Nigeria launches cash transfers with biometric ID verification for 15 million households. Austria, uh, Austrians prepare for full switch to new digital ID system on December 5th. Japan's digital ID system suffers new glitch as government seeks to get ahead of failures. What could go right? Etc, etc, etc. Anyway, I really, truly at this point, if you've been following along this exploration and you've arrived at this point and you still don't get it, I really don't know what to say to you other than good luck. Um, but we're going to need more than luck. In fact, we're going to need more than the first basic level of reaction reptile brain thinking that they are counting on. The people who have mastered and crafted the problem reaction solution formula know that all they have to do is create the right crisis in the right way and appeal to you on the right 
political level of, of this left proposal or this right proposal, and people can be herded into the cattle pen willingly. The cattle presenting themselves, please tag me. You're going to tag everyone else, right? I don't want to see anyone escaping this pen. <laughs> it's, it's horrific. And as usual, again, the way that we contextualize, the way we understand the problem is the key to all of this. Because at one level, as long as they have you thinking that you need the permission of Her Majesty the Queen to travel from point A to point B, then all the rest of this digital ID and the digital gulag that's being formed on the, res on the back of this crisis, all of that is just the, the 21st century technological window dressing to this current iteration of the solution to population control and management. The old paper technology that used to keep you herded into your tax pen is just a less efficient form of the same thing that is being rolled out under the digital guys today. It will just be a lot, a lot harder to skirt around the edges of the new system. And the new system will be able to look a lot more penetratingly deeply into every aspect of your life and to stop you from doing any wrong think even before it happens, probably, at some point, but at any rate, as it is happening, in real time. Yay, technology. Woo. But as I say, that is, the technology is not the problem. The problem is the muddle-headed thinking of authoritarians who rally around the flag, whether that be the national flag or the UN flag. Same thing. Please allow us to travel when we want to, but don't allow those other people to travel. Well, I guess you'll just have to contain us all in your administrative prison. And it's the 21st century, so it might as well be a digital prison. Anyway, that's, that's the case that is being laid out here, that we have to confront this at a much, much, much deeper level. You can protest digital ID all you want, but unless you're protesting the concept of the ID system itself, the involuntary, statist control system, the control grid that is controlling your movements, then you will get caught along and swept away in the madness of the crowd cheering for travel ban, travel ban, yay. All right, as I say, there is a lot of information to go through with regards to this, and you will find many, 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 many links from the sources that I'm going to cite on the Zelves. So this is an exploration that will unfold to your heart's content as much as you want to delve into this. But I would suggest humbly that CorbettReport.com slash borders and the documentation list that will accompany this podcast episode would be a good way to start the, the ball rolling along the process to better understanding this problem so that we can better formulate the solutions. And while we're at it, might I also humbly plug Solutions Watch, where week in and week out I am looking at the various ways that we can solve the problems that are being created rather than dwelling solely on the problems. On that note, I think that's going to do it for today's exploration. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the near future.